When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome. Hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, We're having an awesome week here at the Sustainable Success Radio Show. Uh, We've had some great opportunities to talk to some great people this week. So, And we have two great guests we're going to be introducing here shortly. Uh, For those that are new to Sustainable Success, uh, again, not only can you find us on the Voice America Influencers channel, but also Facebook. That's Facebook uh, uh, Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. And why 2017? Because that's when we started Sustainable Success. And obviously, the show has done very, very well. We've had some great guests. So again, we encourage you to visit so you can listen to a lot of past episodes that we've had with many of our great guests sharing their wisdom and their knowledge to help take your business to another level. Uh, Our today's show is being sponsored by Empowered Fathers in Action, EFA Movement. Again, this is an organization designed to provide sustainable solutions to the father-son bonding process to help uh, young boys become our future leaders in business, uh, helping them develop more uh, higher self-confidence, self-image of themselves. And this uh, fantastic organization is working, uh, looking to work with school curriculum programs, uh, community centers uh, globally around the around the world, also through youth uh, sports programs, and uh, they're prepared to do a lot of great things to provide actual solutions, not manage the problem. So check them out at efamovement.org. Again, that's efamovement.org. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the subject of sh- the shocking truth about sustainable success and artificial intelligence. This is a particular great area that I'd like to uh, look at. I, uh, as every, many of you know, we had Jay Allen Salmon on the show uh, a few months back that really touched upon this subject. But we have two experts today that are going to even share more insight into this topic because this is something of where things are going. But we're going to talk about some of the both sides of it today. So we're going to be learning a lot of great information. Uh, we have two guests. Our guest is uh, Gary Melling. And Gary is the uh, CEO of Acquired Insight. And before I introduce our other guest, Tracy Fieber, I'm going to give a b- background about Gary and then Tracy. So Gary is a, an intensely curious and seasoned business leader with 40 plus years in classified military defense systems, management consulting, corporate transformation and turnarounds, business system integration and predictive analytics. Currently leading multiple startup teams in artificial intelligence and machine learning he is a former Accenture and CSC executive. His experience includes designing, implementing, and optimi- optimizing the integration and productivity between business strategy, people, processes, and technology. Love it. His strong quantitative and qualitative approach to implementing balanced scorecards provides clients with transparent, transparent view of their business and the decision support system used for delivering scalable business benefits. Widely recognized for his experience in designing and implementing business strategy and solutions to maximizing profitability for organizational types. I cannot wait to hear this today. Next is Tracy Fever. 
Tracy is a seasoned business leader with extensive experience in management consulting, strategic planning, mergers and acquisitions, system implementations, and international trade. She participates in multiple companies uh, with this. Acquired Insights specializes in artificial intelligence and machine learning. She brings local, national, and international experience to help companies increase revenue, streamline processes, and automate business workflows. Using her vast consultative skills, Tracy strategizes with brands and businesses to increase visibility and profitability by creating customized plans that align with organizational goals. She's developed training programs and authored a book on mentoring. Her 15 plus years experience in the banking industry helps companies simplify the process for large international deals. Without further ado, we'd like to introduce Gary Melling and Tracy Fieber to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here. Awesome. We're so happy to have you both. And, and I love the, the, you know, the fact that you two work together. And I'm, we're, we're, the audience is definitely looking forward to learning more about artificial intelligence. So I wanted to, you know, for to start off, like to talk about the concept of artificial intelligence. I mean, people in general may know what it is, but some people may misconstrue what that actually is. So let's just start with artificial intelligence, what it is, and we can go from there. Sounds great. Gary, I'll let you take that one. And yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, As we think about artificial intelligence, you know, there are books written on it. There are long-winded explanations. But I think um, to make it really practical, artificial intelligence is really simply a branch of computer science dealing with the simulation of intelligent behavior in computers. And simulation is an operative word here. We're, we're trying to get computers to emulate the structure of the brain and how humans make decisions. So artificial intelligence, um, one can argue that, you know, we would never get there. There's one school of thought that says we will never truly create artificial intelligent machines. Um, I think if you're to speak with people in the industry, they would say that's just a matter of time. Uh, and so... What we're trying to do with artificial intelligence is find applications where we as humans can be at our best performance because in order to create artificial intelligence, you have to train computers. And the words that we normally use to describe that training process is called machine learning. Sometimes a a, a more advanced form of that would be deep learning. But machine learning focuses on the development of computer programs that can access data and use it to learn for themselves. So before we can actually apply artificial intelligence, we really need to work through what kind of machine learning needs to take place to help the computers understand what kind of data they need, uh, what kind of quality of data they need, what kind of volume of data they need. Um, it's all changing very, very quickly at light speed. And, of course, these machines are operating at light speed, basically. Uh, So in the process of talking about artificial intelligence, it's important to note that the first thing we have to do is create a learning mechanism for the computer, and after that, the artificial intelligence will start to to begin to work. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, it's such an interesting area. I mean, it's you know, you look at it how how it's applying to so many different areas. You got Watson, obviously, and you know, we we're talking about cars that will drive themselves. I mean, just think about the disruption that that it could do in so many different ways. Tracy, what's your view on that? 
Yeah, I mean, simply put, artificial intelligence is really uh, using machines to learn and to then become intelligent, right? So that's the simple view of it. So no matter what it is, if you think about it, the self-driving cars, it's a machine, and it's really about helping it to become intelligent. How does it drive without having a driver behind the wheel? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I've been hearing, you know, you hear speculation and like, God, you know, the trucking industry could be going that route. And, you know, that imagine trucks that will drive themselves and deliver and transport products around the country or around the world. I mean, it's just amazing what's taking place. Um, so I wanted to find out a little bit more, um, you know, you, you, there's some different things that we we had talked about offline about different ways that we can know when to jump into implementing artificial intelligence. So now that we have a basis of what it is for the audience, let's talk about, you know, different ways that you know, we could jump in to implement artificial intelligence. Is this some Gary, we want to start first? Sure. Thank you, Chris. I think there are some, with any new technology, with any massive change, and, and I would suggest that the kind of change we're, we're seeing now, it's not like we're waiting to see it, but the kind of change we're starting to see, um, first of all, it's going to accelerate. It's, it's only going to get faster. Think of it as a tsunami that's coming. And I know sometimes it's hard, uh, you know, for people who aren't working in the field to, to take a look around them in their normal environment and say, well, I'm, I'm not really seeing much in, that impacts my life. And, and I would actually challenge that. I, you know, people, when we talk about robots, um, people will say, well, what about this robot thing and artificial intelligence? And, and many times I'll simply say, well, you've had a robot probably in your home for the last 20 years. And they say, well, no, I haven't. And I'll say, well, um, do you have a programmable coffee maker? Do you have a printer for your computer? At its most basic elements, those are robots. Now, are they dynamically thinking? No, they're programmed to go through a regular process. And really, the, the whole idea of the word robot, if you, if you look it up, if you Google it, if you look on a variety of different sources, it's really taking a look at, quote-unquote, replacing a worker or doing work. So yeah. as we think about you know, the fact that we've already had robots very quietly, very unassumingly, in our businesses, in our homes, photocopiers, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, they're not necessarily intelligent devices, but they are, by the truest sense of the most basic definition, robots. So as we think of what we need to do to embrace, and I know you talked about change and transformation, huge, huge topics. Um, I think it's important to note that, you know, as, as I look back at my experience in business, one of the things that I've noticed is that this kind of change, especially on the leading edge, there are a variety of writers, you know, Jeffrey Moore, Crossing the Chasm, Technology Adoption Lifecycle. There are all kinds of, of books out there uh, that, that talk about, you know, Moore's Law and the rapid rate of change. But the, when you think about it in very, very practical terms, uh, a lot of times because this research and this, this uh, uh, capability is introduced so slowly into society, Oftentimes it's already there, but we're not actually seeing it because we don't recognize it as something with fireworks going off and stars. And, you know, it, it's not a big razzmatazz. It's, it's really something that's just become part of our lives. And good artificial intelligence, you know, above and beyond printers and so on, good artificial intelligence should be seamless in how it works with people, 
and how it works with businesses. And, you know, to get back to your question, how do you know that you're, you're ready? Well, I think when you take a look at wanting to minimize, especially from a business perspective, the impact of digital transformation on your business continuity. Can, can you engage in a new product, a new program, a new solution that will allow you to continue constantly at least billing the same monthly for cash flow, receivables, et cetera, et cetera, uh, new product innovation and design, uh, transportation of goods, you know, the complete life cycle of products and professional services. Can you engage in that and can you do it without taking an impact to that business continuity? And and frankly, many businesses can't. And that, that begins to create a whole series of misconceptions about artificial intelligence. For example, in talking with many C-level executives across industry, there seems to be this predetermined notion that if you want to get involved in artificial intelligence, you have to bring all of your software systems up to date. So if you've got legacy systems, ERP systems, enterprise resource planning systems, if you have um, you know, uh, desktop applications that you have to, before you can get involved in artificial intelligence, first upgrade everything and make it the newest, shiniest release or version. And flat out, that's just not true. So um, with knowing how to get ready, there's also an importance of responsibility to understand what about artificial intelligence is, is not applicable. And, and I would say that when you begin to understand the barriers that are there or the perceived barriers, it's also quite easy to identify the opportunities. You want to be able to implement artificial intelligence and machine learning in a non-disruptive way, something that has little to no impact to your business continuity. And the other thing is, you know, in this modern day and age, we've got universities trying as best as they can to pump out new graduates uh, in many artificial intelligence programs, usually from doctoral or postdoctoral programs. And the challenge is that while, you know, these are very ambitious students and they've got some great academic experiences, for a C-level executive, one of the questions becomes, would I trust my business continuity to a young team? Uh, you know, albeit well-intended and, and well-educated, but do they have enough functional knowledge, if it's finance, supply chain, whatever the, the application of the AI is that they're considering? Um, can, we put, can we implement this in a non-disruptive way? And so it, it's kind of a, almost a little bit of a buyer beware out there right now because there are so many startups um, two graduates, six graduates, all have laptops. They create a, you know, a brand, hang out a shingle. And, and it's, it's almost like the wild, wild west of the old days where buyer beware. So one of the things that, that you, know, you want to do if you're going to decide that you're ready is not only understand whether or not this will have any impact to your business continuity, can you implement this in a non-disruptive way, but who are you going to partner with? And, and that tends to become a, a real due diligence exercise. There are ways to make it fast and easy, but nonetheless, it still tends to be a bit of a challenge for many of the C-level executives that we talk to. Great. And, and, and continuing on that, Tracy, is there anything you would like to expand on that when, when Gary talks about how to implement in a non-disruptive way to keep that continuous, you know, uh, in terms of keeping it seamless between people and business? Absolutely. I think that Gary hit on something right at the beginning, uh, very key. So a lot of people are thinking it has to reduce the workforce, and that's not necessarily true. I would say more it's to reduce the workload. If you think Mm. back in time 
And there's nothing really to be afraid of because if you think back in time, think about the horse and the plow, right? It, and that's what you used to use in order to till up the fields as a farmer. And then it went to the tractor. So what happened to those horses? Those horses have now they had a better life, right? They haven't had to work themselves as hard. And, and now horses are really used for different things. And I think it's the same in the employee situation in that people will be retrained. The level of work that they do will become a higher level. It's the routine tasks that will be taken away and the workload will be reduced. And with that, you want to also, uh, Gary mentioned about customer service in a, in a roundabout way. I think you have to look at, you know, how is it that I can optimize my customer service and, and make it seamless like Gary had mentioned. So you want to make sure that it's not something that becomes clunky that uh, people, you know, aren't necessarily thinking, oh, this automated system, which has happened in the past, right? So with artificial intelligence, it can get to know some of the behavioral things that maybe Tracy likes to interact in this way, but Gary interacts differently, right? So the, the machine, the system, the artificial intelligence can learn that and then customize my interaction with that company or with that machine differently than customizing Gary's. So, you know, uh, Gary also mentioned about uh, disparate systems, multiple systems and having to upgrade them. And really, if you think about it, right now, you take reports and information from different systems, and as a human, you're trying to make sense of them. And we all know that there's probably things that we're missing, but we see what we see. And depending on the level of expertise and experience that I might have when I'm looking at them, or Gary's having, or you're having, Chris, when you're looking at them, we each see different things. Whereas when you use artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, to be able to look at the systems and glean the insights, you can get better analytics and you can receive some recommendations. I know we've had a company just even recently who was talking to us about, you know, we provide the data, we give them the Excel reports, we give them the information but there's nobody that can help them to analyze it. And that's where artificial intelligence comes in. Wow, that's great. And, and we have about 30 seconds to break. But, you know, what I love about what you guys, what you both talked about, it's not actually removing people, right? It's, it's, it's reducing the workload. And, you know, maybe, you know, where it can be automated in a way where it can allow people not, not to be doing multiple things, but being focused, laser focused on things that they're really good at. And let's say if that's customer service where it's a, you know, people to people thing, it just raises the, the, that customer service level to, to a brand new level. And I think that's a good thing, of, you know, bringing both together to really take your business to, uh, to the next phase. So I think that was some great insight. Again, you're listening to uh, Gary Melling and Tracy Fieber. They are with Acquired Insights. We're talking about the shocking truth about sustainable success in artificial intelligence. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. 
The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back to Sustainable Success. We're here today with uh, Gary Melling, CEO, and Tracy Fieber, CSO, Chief Strategy Officer of Acquired Insights. We're discussing the shocking truth about sustainable success in artificial intelligence. If you're just joining us, we were just talking about uh, three things that you need to know when jumping in to implement artificial intelligence. And there was some real valuable uh uh, words of wisdom and, and processes discussed here. So, Gary, I wanted to jump in and just kind of recap that whole process so that e- even those that were on the first segment or those joining us can then, you know, kind of get a really a general, a real firm understanding of the implementation of artificial intelligence when jumping in. Sure, Chris. Thank you. Yes, I mean, when we think about artificial intelligence and especially from a business perspective, one of the questions that Uh, business owners and senior management really need to ask themselves is, can they minimize the impact of digital transformation on business continuity? A a, a good implementation partner should be able to run a program, a project for you in conjunction with your team with a low footprint and do it in a way that doesn't obstruct your ability to meet month-to-month revenue targets and growth targets and uh, you know, product innovation, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's one thing that's very important. The second thing is that um, not only do you not want it to be um, uh, disruptive or minimize the impact of the digital transformation, you, you want to do it in such a way that, you know, frankly, if there was a company of a 1,000 employees 
And, you know, an artificial intelligence professional services firm was to come in and help a business do what it needed to do. Um, I would say that the, the footprint of the implementation team should typically be very small. Back in the, the late 90s, we had, you know, with ER, with sorry, with the Y2K and a lot of the large transformational uh, programs that were being revised or implemented to prepare businesses for what we thought was going to be catastrophic with respect to Y2K. It was very common to see teams of 40, 50, 100, 200 consultants, you know, walking into a a company and taking over massive project rooms and so on. These days, good artificial intelligence should be able to be implemented by relatively small teams. In fact, they have such a low footprint that most employees in the organization would have no idea that that an implementation was going on. So doing it in a non-disruptive way is very important. And then, of course, the third point we touched on was the opportunity to make sure you're working with a seasoned partner. Uh, someone that's got a lot of experience in artificial intelligence and machine learning. It's an interesting uh, paradigm because uh, sometimes when you're working with a firm, you're facing a problem that may have never been faced before. And the, the merit of a good consulting team is not that they've solved the same problem over and over and over again. The merit of a a good consulting team, I would suggest, is that they can take what they've learned in the past and leverage that to solve problems that they've never encountered before, but to do it accurately, reliably, you know, on time and within budget. And an experienced team will allow you to do that. Uh, That's great. Tracy, anything you want to elaborate on on recapping those three key points? Yeah, I think that one of the key things is that now you don't have to have a two-year project to find out that it's a project that can't be done. When you work with experienced artificial intelligence team, really you need to jump in before your competitors because it's a faster implementation. If you have um, been working with an artificial intelligence team and it is getting to that 18 months or, or 24 months, then you need to start to think about, is this the right team for me? Because our implementations typically are you know six to nine months and it's not the two years. So we have clients who are seeing ROI very quickly. You want to make sure that you're jumping in before your competitors and that you're getting the right team on your side. So it's, it's, what I gather from what both said, it's, it's really preparation is very key here in terms of strategizing so that you're able to streamline this so it, you know, it's not two years, but yet you shorten that cycle, correct? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Chris, that, that's a great yeah, ahead, point, and if I can just build on it for, for sure. one minute. Um, I would suggest that it, in many, many cases from our experience, we see clients who have really gone off on their own, and by the time we get a call, or I suspect it's the same for other professional services firms, because there's so much information available on the internet uh, through trade journals and attending conferences, Uh, I think people get lulled into a false sense of security. There's a difference between reading the flap on a book and really reading a book, making notes, digesting, understanding the implications to your business, uh, the kinds of new insights that book provides, how you might use that information differently. And in a digital age of everything happening so fast, uh, so much data coming at us from so many different sources, one of the challenges, I think, for, for business leaders and owners is to try to stay on top of that. And it's, it's virtually impossible. So being in a position where you can work with, with a firm that's done that um, and, and they can create something customized for you, I think 
we see this isn't like the the old days where you know you could implement a, a piece of software and it was one size fits all you know small medium large businesses um, especially back in the 80s and 90s um, artificial intelligence is so sophisticated um, and it can be implemented so quickly that uh, I see too many business leaders waiting you know, 60, 70% of the way into a project before they look for real expertise on the outside. And by that time, they may have actually uh, actually been practicing bad habits, either with the quality of information they have to make decisions or the resources that they intend to use, et cetera, et cetera. So the sooner, once you get a feel for what it is you want to do in your business and create that, you know, sustainable success, uh, I think before that you go too much further it behooves you and your organization, your shareholders, to take a look at what needs to be done to involve, you know, an outside party as soon as possible. It doesn't mean that you'll use them, but, you know, you, you do need to see what's available out there. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of smart people all around the world. It's not yeah. just Silicon Valley. It, you know, you can go to various pockets in the world and you'll find some brilliant people with some really rich experience that they can use to help. No, that's a very, very valuable insight there. And again, listeners, if you've heard Gary and what Tracy said, again, uh, this is some great insight in terms of those that are, are running organizations or whether if you're a strategic manager in an organization to keep that in mind. We're moving along, uh, you know, when we look at, you know, artificial intelligence and we look at sustainability, how do we go about discovering, you know, the number one barrier to that sustainability itself? Sure. So, Chris, I think, yeah, I think that um, you really need to take a look at what are the goals of that company? What's the goals of the corporate team, even as individuals within that team? And take a look, are they well aligned with each other? So, there's many companies that lack the metrics to be able to account for that, the real risk that's happening, the, the climate that's changing, the business models even that are changing. And so with artificial intelligence, it can help you with that. So it's, artificial intelligence can be applied to many areas of business. And it's really a matter of, in your company, where is it that you want to apply it first? It's going to improve. It's going to increase, you know, typically profitability, uh, decrease workload, things like that. But where is it in your company? And, and that's where the corporate team needs to all be on the same page or at least get on the same page and align their vision to make sure that they're all moving in that same direction. Uh, artificial intelligence can do a lot of things, and yet if you're having competing priorities, that's not a good thing in business. And, and those companies, if you think about the companies that you know, are starting down the artificial intelligence path, intelligence path you want to make sure that people are understanding what it is and what it isn't, and turn it on on the areas that it makes sense. Mm. Yeah, like I said, it comes down to, you know, what the priorities again, you know, and, and what specific areas that make that you said make sense. Gary, what's your insight to that as well? Thanks, Chris. I mean, I absolutely agree with what Tracy's saying. And, and I guess if I can just add a, a comment, sustainability is a really interesting word um, because with sustainability, we typically embed in that word the notion that it's good sustainability. And I think a, a bit of a watch out here for, for businesses who are entertaining any kind of change, whether it's artificial intelligence, machine learning, or something else. Um, if, you, if you start and you start 
coming out of the gate going down the wrong path, that too can be sustainable. But oh, absolutely. It's not desirably sustainable. So embedded in what we're talking and implied is the notion that it is successful sustainability or sustainability for success. And I think the ingredients that we've talked about previously so far are the primary ingredients to make sure that someone really starts off on the right path so that the sustainability they're looking for is actually viable. No, that totally makes sense. I mean, the premise, like, you know, when I talk about sustainable success is, you know, doing the best you can to identify the problem, you know, find ways, a strategy, how to go about tackling that problem. So it's preparation. And and I think that's what, you know, you had stressed before that, uh, you know, sustainability could go either way. And, and it's very important that, you know, you don't go in blind, that you have to be able to, you know, gather as much information as you possibly can with what's available in order to, uh, you know, chart a course about what's going to be, you know, the best way to go from, from a sustainable level. So that makes sense. Um, anything else that you want to expand upon there, like, like as this applies to, you know, an organization? Is there anything else you want to expand or would you, would you like we move along to the next question? Well, if I could just for a moment, I'd like to talk about leadership, leadership sure. and ownership, because when we think of, uh, I can't tell you how many businesses I've been to over my 40 plus years and and I've learned probably the hard way that I should, as I walk through the doors of an organization for the first time, I should put any preconceived ideas I have about that business to the side. Um, I have seen uh, walking into very young companies, startups, uh, uh, small market, mid-market, and enterprise companies, I've seen situations where, uh, you know, I was very surprised pleasantly uh, by the degree of technology, by the engagement of the employees, by the, the leadership that has created and articulated uh, a very, very clear vision. Uh, employees understand to the person, uh, you know, why they get out of bed every morning and why they go into work because they have a specific job that they do. They like to do it. It makes them feel good. It, 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 it's a job that exists within their uh, competencies and, and they have an opportunity to grow. Um, I've also walked in the door of, of organizations and their brand alone, you would think that I'm going to see something incredibly um, sophisticated or, and sometimes I do, sometimes I do. But it's also interesting to me how many organizations have been kind of resting on their laurels. Um, they've got a brand out there and they know if they come out with another product because of the brand royalty, often they have a great audience to sell that new product or new solution to. Yeah. I think as, as society generally gets wiser, as the expectations become higher, um, just something I've noticed recently, probably over the last year, if you take a look at the C-levels in many organizations, especially those that are closer to retirement, the whole notion of artificial intelligence doesn't normally sit within their vocabulary or their skill set. And, and many are, you know, they would never admit that. Um, many would be in a situation where they would love to learn, but they're also embarrassed to admit what they know or don't know, more importantly. And this is where a partner becomes really, really important to your success, your success, your company's success, because when you have the experience that's necessary 
to perform highly in an environment of artificial intelligence and machine learning, uh, of course, you always respect your customer, your client. But what you're doing is you're managing change on so, so many different levels. The technology is an important ingredient, but it is an enabler. A lot of times what you're really working with in artificial intelligence and machine learning and any other advanced technology is how do you help the leadership? How do you help the management? How do you help the employees understand what the change is, what that change means, not just to the company, but to each individual person in the company? How will it impact their role? What do they need to be mindful of over the next three months, six months, year? Is there training that they can take? I read an interesting statistic uh, recently. It was last week. Uh, one of the major um, big five organizations put out a research paper and they did a survey of thousands and thousands of C-level executives. And what was a real interesting dichotomy, at least to me, was that when they asked employees uh, how many of them would be interested in company-sponsored artificial intelligence training, there was something like 70%, give or take, 70% of the employees were interested in that. When they asked the same question to C-level, CEOs in particular, they found out that only about 3 to 5% had a plan to start investing in that kind of training for their company. So there's a real interesting dichotomy, and I think it speaks to the fact that we're all humans. At the end of the day, you know, we put on our pants one leg at a time, we, we get out of bed, we have a shower, we brush our teeth, and, and when we, as soon as we get into the business world, there's this different persona that leadership has to work to. And I find that it really takes a self-actualized person, a business leader, you know, whether you call it servant leadership or other things, it takes quite a special person to say, you know, we're not just going to dabble in this AI. We're not going to use it on the fringes. Let's articulate a real problem that we want to solve. Let's get a partner that can help us really solve that tight scope you know, we won't blow the scope out of proportion. Let's not get lost in, do, you know, vacuuming the ocean for data. Let's make it very, very tight and specific. And let's use this as an exercise to help us communicate what it is we're doing with our leadership team, with our management, with our employees. And if you start small, and you can, you can scale very, very quickly, but starting small in a very controlled environment, I think, is, is really one of the big keys to success for leadership, for employees, for companies, and it's much safer for the brands. No, that is so true. And, you know, you talked about servant leadership, you know, there's so many different names, you know, like, you know, I like to call it transparent leadership, you know, where the communication from the top down is, you know, disclosed, everybody's communicating and, you know, everyone, you know, is not afraid to admit their mistakes and their, you know, and specify their strengths and weaknesses and that it's all about problem solving, using a team to independently work together to identify problems before they become even more of a problem and not afraid to make decisions coming from clarity because clarity is an important part. When you have clarity in the workplace, you're able to be more decisive. And when you're able to be more decisive, you have the ability to take massive action whatever that means to provide solutions. Tracy, we have about a minute, less than a minute left. Do you want to kind of recap, you know, you know, kind of what Gary was talking about leadership from your perspective? Yeah, I was just thinking as, as he was saying that about the expectations that a lot of the leaders have. And it's really, they, you know, think about, well, I'm going to hire someone on my team and then they expect them to lead the company through the change with artificial intelligence and how to apply it and really come in and, and be their savior in the artificial intelligence world. And yet, 
I recommend that you hire somebody, you know, externally with experience. Or if you are hiring someone to come in, make sure that they have that experience. And even then hire someone internally at the same time. But make sure that your project is going to be a success by not just, you know, paying for somebody to be in there and say, yes, I've got somebody on an AI team. Because that can take years and years and years. And with the rate of change that's happening, especially in technology and artificial intelligence, you want to make sure that you're hiring that experience and then hiring internal or doing it at the same time. But focus on that one smaller project and have success, and then you'll start to see how it can exponentially affect, positively affect your business. Great. Thank you so much for summarizing that, Tracy. Again, you're listening to Gary Melling, Tracy Fever from Acquired Insights. We're talking about the shocking truth. Uh, for, about sustainable success in artificial intelligence. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. 
Well, welcome back. We're discussing the shocking truth about sustainable success and artificial intelligence. If you're just joining us, we're here with Gary Melling, CEO, Tracy Fieber, CS, Chief Strategy Officer from Art Acquired Insights. And uh, where we what we've been discussing is you know the different ways to jump into implementing artificial intelligence, and also discussing how uh, to discover the number one barrier to sustainability when it comes to AI. So that being said, I'd like to ask you, Gary, and then lead into Tracy, you know, how do we overcome disruption to business continuity? That's a great question. I think if we, um, if we take a, a page from the book of those who have started to implement artificial intelligence um, in their organizations, one of the things that seems to be emerging is the trend that if you want to run your business the way you have been running it, obviously not to disrupt your business itself, but take on artificial intelligence almost as a parallel initiative. Um, It doesn't mean that it's not integrated with systems and data and other things, but you typically want to almost form, uh, I guess maybe a a metaphor for it would be like a SWAT team that's going to come in and, and focus exclusively on understanding what the business imperatives are for the new changes that artificial intelligence will bring. Um, but at the same time, it, it's, a, it's a, a microcosm of your bigger organization. I think too many organizations run the threat of disrupting their, their existing business continuity by trying to phase something in too quickly, too early in the process. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be done within a few months or the same year. Um, but I, I think that to, to treat it as its own special initiative to create success, to, well, to define what success is prior, to create that success, and then to be able to look at lessons learned from adopting artificial intelligence as a, as a small microcosm of a project, if you will, uh, and then introducing it to the business uh, is one way uh, to really avoid having disruptions to business continuity. So a proof of concept, a minimum viable product. Um, I think that's really the best way to keep those two separate and apart for the time that you need to while you continue to run your business on the one hand and at the same time have a controlled environment to explore artificial intelligence and machine learning. Oh, that's great. Tracy, do you want to expand on uh, what Gary just talked about from your point of view? Absolutely. So you need to really, business continuity um, you have to focus on exactly that, the business. You focus on the technology and the people outcome, right? So not on the technology, not on the people, but on the outcomes. And these can coexist, people and technology. Many people think that, you know, if we implement technology, then it's going to negatively affect the people or, or vice versa. They can coexist, especially with artificial intelligence. And companies really can't wait for that crisis like sometimes they do in order to change things like their business models, their culture, their strategy, they need to start shifting now so that they don't have that crisis and they don't have that disruption to business continuity. So like you said, I mean, it goes right back to what we were discussing before, you know, just, you know, prepare, having preparation and planning, you know, knowing that there could be certain things that could come up, being proactive before a problem could disrupt this continuity. So it's always uh, what, you, what, you know, what Gary was talking about. So I find that that's uh, really important. Um, in terms of if we're looking at, you know, integrating artificial intelligence, what are the key principles to it so 
that any organization that's listening today or anybody that represents an organization doesn't get left behind here? Sure, I'll take yes. that first, Gary, well, if you, sure, you're Tracy, okay with please. that. Yeah, um, so I was just thinking about what are, you know, those key principles when you're integrating. What is it that we see when we're doing those implementations? And really it's becoming proactive, adjusting as you're going through it, developing those clear digital strategies. So like we talked before, Chris, it's all about that preparation. You want to make sure that you have that experienced team of artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence specialists. And then make sure, this is really key, make sure you're listening to your customers and understanding their demands so that you can focus on the entire customer experience and then evolve the new business models so that you can optimize that. So artificial intelligence can be applied, like I say, in many areas, but let's really focus on those customers because those customers are the ones that create your business. And without those customers, you don't have a business. That's true. Absolutely. Gary, how about how about you expand where Tracy had just stated? Sure. Thanks, Chris. As I think of um, not getting left behind. I mean, one of the, I know it sounds obvious, um, but one of the things to do is to start. Uh, start with a project. Um, I believe, you know, to Tracy's point, when you understand what's, what keeps your customers loyal, uh, and, and this isn't artificial intelligence initially. This, this is, you can use artificial intelligence later to, to glean new insights from that, but just from a pure business perspective initially. What is it about your customers that keeps them coming back to you? Where is your exposure, risk, and liability to losing those customers? Um, some of them will have expectations, most of them that are reasonable, a few that will be wanting to push the envelope and, and are always looking for kind of commodity pricing. And, and sometimes, you know, there's not much you can do about that. It, it's about value, not pricing. And so if you've got an engaging story, if, if people understand, your customers understand uh, implied or stated overtly what the value is in working with you. Uh, if you don't know what it is, go find out. Um, but use that information to shape business imperatives. W- what I often tell C-level uh, folks and senior management is don't worry about the artificial intelligence. We'll, we'll, we're going to help you with that. What we need you to focus on is what, what does your business need to look like in you know 18 months, 36 months, five years? And, and I know that for many, many people, you know, they don't know what they're having for supper that night. So it's really hard to take a look at a business and have a high degree of accuracy around a prediction where you'll be in five years. But just reel that back a little bit. Where do you want to be in six months, 18 months? And what, how will that serve your customers better, faster, for less cost? Um, what will be the value proposition? How will you use a service delivery model to introduce and sustain that new business capability? When you understand what the customers are looking for, through reverse engineering that, you can get to a point where you can probably identify, I would say, at least five or six new business imperatives. Uh, And these are business imperatives that are stated just in plain old everyday English. There's no gobbledygook about, you know, algorithms or artificial intelligence, just plain old English. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is it that you need to be able to do now in prioritized fashion, take those five or six once you've created them and prioritize them to deliver on what it is your customers are going to be expecting you to deliver on. You know, it's like Wayne Gretzky used to say, he he always would pass the puck to where he knew the players would be. 
and, and that's a kind of a, a Canadian hockey metaphor for, for business <laughs> as well. I, I think what we have to do is have that, that predictive index. And are you going to be 100% right all the time? No. But don't let that be inhibitor, an, an inhibitor for not starting. It, you can't have sustainability unless you start. So start somewhere. Start there. Work in defining what the business imperatives are to deliver on what Tracy has described, and you're going to be well on your way to minimizing any exposure risk and liability, maximizing your investment in your artificial intelligence and machine learning, and then it will become like a pump, uh, priming the pump. Once you've got a couple of those smaller initiatives underway, you've done the proof of concept, you've done the minimum viable product, you've brought that solution into production, you're actually seeing decisive, measurable, scalable value to your business because you're making better decisions, you're making them faster, you know, your response time to customers is better, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think those are sort of the, the you know, the underpinnings of, of starting so you don't get left behind. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, you guys both summed it up very nicely with that question. You know, we, we're getting near the end of the show, but I wanted to, uh, we have about, you know, three minutes left, but I wanted to see like in about a minute or so, a minute and a half, if we could kind of summarize some industries or that I have, have really done well integrating our AI into their business models and, and really seeing success. Just, you know, briefly, if we can uh, discuss that. Sure. I, I think that, um, in financial services being, you know, all forms of banking, commercial retail, uh, you know, high net worth individuals, et cetera, et cetera. I think the financial services industry, fintech uh, technology, has come a long way. But I also think it has so much further to go. It's probably the leader in adoption of artificial intelligence. Uh, and while it will scale, frankly, in, in my humble opinion, I think the real impact of AI and machine learning uh, in order to serve not only, quote unquote, business, but society, and, and uh, individuals is going to be in healthcare. I think there is such mm. massive potential for artificial intelligence in healthcare. And then the third uh, industry I would suggest would be the telecom industry, uh, because in many ways, of course, telecom is the backbone that drives a lot of this communication of data back and forth. So yeah. it needs to be enabled and supported by AI as well. Now, there are others you talked about, you know, autonomous vehicles, and, and there are some other areas where AI is going to have, I, I think, a huge impact. Um, but, but that would be my, my take. Wow, that's great. Tracy, real quick, we have, uh, we have about 30 seconds if you're able to elaborate any further. Sure. It's really, like Gary said, financial services, the fintech, and then even that's morphing into insurance because in the financial industry a few years back, some of the rules changed and insurance can be uh, really, uh, you know, holding hands with the financial industry. So we're starting to see it morph into that industry as well. But of course, then healthcare, huge impacts, especially when it comes to the upcoming robotics and avatars and some of the things that we're getting involved with. And, of course, then telecom, it makes sense. If you look at the mergers that are going on right now, think about how artificial intelligence can help that process along the way. Great. I want to thank both of you for taking the time today. There is a wealth of information, and we encourage you, the listeners, to uh, listen to the on-demand version. We have less than a minute to go till we end the show. If uh, Tracy, can you just mention where uh, the listeners can find uh, both of you and more information on your company? Yes, thank you, Chris. At the website, www.aiinc, so AI Inc, 
www.cloud.cloud. C-L-O-U-D. Now, on there, Chris, there is a business risk assessment that everyone can take as well. Um, if you want to email us directly, it's info at AIinc.cloud, or you can call us on our 1-800 number. It's 800-627-4151. Fantastic. Again, this will be on demand. We encourage you to reach out to both Gary and Tracy to get some more information on how uh, outsourcing in the AI area can really take your business organization to another level. We again want to thank you both for joining us today. And again, we want to thank you, the listeners, as always, for joining Sustainable Success each and every Thursday. We want to wish you a uh, productive and prosperous rest of your week, and we'll be back next Thursday. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.